Welcome to another program of the Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, here on ctkradio.org. We have a lot to talk about today, and it's been a while since we uh, recorded the, the last show. So things, you know, are accumulating on the table. But let's start with the most hottest news of the day. United States President Donald Trump uh, actually decided to follow the law and accept Jerusalem as the capital set of Israel, maybe in the future move the embassy or something like that. So I want to talk about that first. And I'm sure that, you know, some people are going to get offended. Obviously, they're going to disagree with me. And that's okay. I'm going to share my side of the story the way I see it. And, you know, you can do with the information whatever you want. My intent is not to offend anybody. I'm just going to uh, go over the history and share with you my the way I see it. So, first of all, the Jewish people do not need a recognition from no one that Jerusalem is the capital set of Israel. Just make that, as you know, as a... That's a strong statement right there. With embassy, without the embassy... The capital state of the Jewish people is always, have been, and hopefully will be, uh, Jerusalem. Now, for some reason, and uh, I'm sure that they have a good reason, it's been um, presented as, well, under the Jewish people, I would call them the Isra Israelis, not the Jewish people, uh, Jerusalem, all the holy sites are open to all the religions. Christians can go to the to the tomb church, whatever I don't know the right term. Uh, the Arabs can go to the mosque that is on the Temple Mount. Okay, and the and the Jews can keep crying and uh, wiping in the, the Western Wall. So let's make things clear and make sure that everybody understands the way I see it. From a Jewish perspective, not Israeli perspective, no politics involved. Just Jewish perspective, which is based on biblical. Because remember, there is some this idea that the Jewish state was born uh, because of the Holocaust. And since we were slaughtered in the Holocaust... We should have our own state. This is just the excuse of giving us the state, the land that belongs to us. The, Jew, the Jewish people always prayed, always were belonged to that piece of land called today the land of Israel or the state of Israel. Now, it has nothing to do with the Holocaust. Holocaust was just the trigger. I guess the Christian guilt worked very, very effective in Europe, and they want to, uh, I don't know, pay back for their total um, avoiding helping the Jews, basically, and let them be slaughtered in the, under the German boot. So, the land of Israel, no, the state of Israel, the land of Israel, always had and was the, the place for the Jewish people. It was the place for the Israelites, the 12 tribes. Okay? Not the Jews. Jews, as you can hear from the name, are those who left from the two tribes that left. And those are Benjamin and, and Judah. Judah was the dominant tribe, and therefore we are all Jews. Me personally, I'm not a Jew. Technically, I am a priest, a Kohen. I belong to the Levites and the, and the pastors who used to work in the temple that was in, under the Judea tribe territory. So we have few tribes here. All the tribes, all the Israelites, the 12 tribes, have a strong connection to the land of Israel. Now what happened? The Assyrian king is expelling 10 tribes. But we got two left. 
two and a half if you want, and some leftovers from the others who joined Judea. Okay, and they uh, um, established their their life with the tribe of Judah in Judea. And later on, we all know the story. Nebuchadnezzar came, wiped the temple, the center of Jewish faith, the center of monotheistic faith in the world, where even non-Jews could come and, you know, show their um, appreciation, thanks to the Almighty. So he destroyed that. And we went to exile in uh, Babylon, later on the Persian Empire, for about 70 years. Meanwhile, in the West, we got the Greek Empire starting uh, creating momentum. And they clashed with the Persian, as we all know, Alexander the Great basically defeated them. But before that, Jews came to um, f- came back from Babylon to the ruins of the Jewish kingdom in Judea. All the other parts were pretty much um, ruined, devastated. All kind of, you know, uh, Bedouins and Nomans took part of whatever. They were not belong to the territory. They just took advantage of the fact that there was nobody there. And everything was was uh, uh, destroyed. Now, some would say, well, what about, the Bible speaks about the Canaanites, the the seven tribes that were there, seven ki- uh, kingdoms or nations that were there. Um, and then the Philistines obviously also mentioned a lot. So let's clarify another thing. There is no connection culturally, genetically, religion between though the, the Philistines in the Bible to what people mistakenly call today Palestinians who never even exist until 1964 well they decided that they are a nation okay nothing there were no Palestinians before as a nation before uh, 1964 we had Palestinians Arabs meaning Arabs who live in Palestine and we had Jews who live in Palestine were Jewish Palestinians they had a passport saying Palestinian that the British mandate gave to them. So, no such thing. There is no connection at all. Actually, if you look at the history, many, many, many of those Arabs, because that's what they are, they are Arabs, came from all the surrounding uh, countries, from Saudi Arabia, from Egypt, from Syria, a lot from Syria and Lebanon, to work in the developing uh, country, uh, which was later uh, Israel, under the British mandate. And they came to work, you know, and, and also before, to work um, at the Jewish farms and the Jewish factories, all the Jews uh, who came, some of them came from Europe, some of them came from the Middle East. And we were always got this strong relationship with the land itself. Now, it was, for uh, almost 1,400 years, it was under um, Ottoman Empire, Islamic regime. So, th- for them, it doesn't really matter if if you are from here or from there. If you are Muslim, you follow the the Sultan, you follow the, the leader of the, of the Islamic Empire, the Caliphate. Okay? And Jews also were part of that. We lived under uh, the Ottoman Empire, or under a local uh, Muslim king, my family particularly, in North Africa, many others, you know, all over the place. So when Jews start pouring from Europe, and from the Middle East, but mostly from Europe, those who established the secular state of Israel, um, came from Europe. Now here we have another, if you want clash of civilization between the West, the secular, I would say half-Christian, because by then, to be a religious uh, Christian was like, something is wrong with you, and since it just gets worse and worse, as you can see, and it clashed with two 
monotheistic religions, but one was very dominant, and that was the Islamic way of monotheism, which is very uh, black and white. There is no place, no place for negotiation. And if you disagree, we're going to kill you. That's how it works in the Middle East under that uh, type of regime and religion. So, what I'm trying to say here is that you can look at the Bible and say, well, King uh, David conquered the mountain that was later become Jerusalem. It was a small village from the Yevusite, I guess that's how you call them. But he bought full price the place of the Temple Mount from a guy named Arvana, a non-Jewish guy who that was his, his, obviously he bought that or his family or whatever, and King David paid full price for that. He could conquer it, but he chose to pay. Because when you conquer, somebody stronger is coming and he will conquer it from you. When you pay, they can only steal it from you. Okay? You cannot conquer something that is, uh, was fully uh, paid for. Later on, as we all know, build the temple on the, Jew, on the temple mount where the mosque is today. Standing the three monotheistic religions. And again, I'm not Christian, I'm not Muslim. Religions has nothing to do in this area. Look at the holy places. The holiest place for for uh, Christian is what? Where? Is not in Jerusalem. Where is the Pope sitting? It's the Vatican, right? It's the great uh, Sistine Capella with Michelangelo on the walls and all that stuff. Go ahead, it's yours. Enjoy. Okay. The greatest place in the Muslim world is where? Two cities. Uh, the, it's called Mecca. And Medina. Mecca is where the black stone is, the Kaaba. So what do you have to do in Jerusalem? We're going to continue that topic after another quick short break. You're listening to uh, The Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, here on ctkradio.org. Back to another segment of the Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hanani Cohen, here on ctkradio.org. We are talking about the merit, or the non-merit, of the other two monotheistic religions in, in Jerusalem. Now, what happened after the destruction of the Second Temple that was destroyed by the Roman Empire? Also, a very big rebellion, 100 or so years after the destruction, is that the Roman way was very simple. If you are resisting or causing any problem to the Roman Empire, uh, we're going to kill you. Okay? And we are very creative. If those of you who read about the slaves' rebellion against the Roman Empire, all the way through Turkey, through Greece, was full of uh, crosses with captured slaves on them until they died, all the way to Rome to deliver a message. You don't mess up with the Roman Empire. Ask Jesus. He messed up with them, and we all know how he ends up. Okay? So what did they do? They wiped many of the Jewish people in Israel. After the destruction of the Second Temple, which was already a very small minority in Jerusalem, very not minority, a population was very small. Obviously, it was mostly Jews. And the ruler, the governor, was sitting in uh, Caesarea. That's on the shores of Israel, north of what's today's Tel Aviv. Not so far from there. And, uh, you know, you have to pay the taxes for the empire. You have to do this. You're like under their, under their um, jurisdictions. You have to 
you can have, you know, autonomy. After the rebellion, even that autonomy was taken away to uh, solve the problem once and for all because, and he was right, Jewish people are stubborn people. I admit we are stubborn. We know, some of us, unfortunately, many forgot, we know where we belong. We know what belongs to us. We know what we need to do and we know what our mission in the world is. And let me uh, calm all of the anti-Semites. It's not to rule the world. It's not to take control of the money in the world and the communication. This is all garbage, uh, anti-Semite uh, propaganda. We need to lead the monotheistic movement, which I would say successfully we did. If you look at the fact that some or most of the Christians are on that path, and obviously all the Muslims pretty much are the same. But we are the, the little group. We are the small group that... Uh, the scouts, if you will, that need to guide the way. And as we all know, the Roman Empire back then was pagan. If you look at all the first Christians who were Jews, just to remind everybody, the students of Jesus were all Jews. What happened later is a different story. And not, I don't want to go into that. It's a whole you know, discussion. But the first Christians were persecuted by the Romans who did not were not familiar with this new stuff and they decided to kill everybody that is preaching Christianity. That's how you have so many you now saints. How do they become saints? They were killed by the Romans. And all changed obviously when Constantine uh, accepted or adopted under his terms Christianity. Right? Give God what's God, give the emperor what's the emperor and we're going to make it work. And I, I don't want to go into the whole religion development. I'm just going to focus on Jerusalem. So the Jerusalem, after the rebellion, were was destroyed till the last building. And uh, as the Roman tradition is, it changed the name. So people will not remember that there was something called Jerusalem, or Judea, or Samaria, or Galilee. So Jerusalem became Ilia Capitolina. It changed the name. And the whole area became... Uh, Pal Palestina okay Territoria Palestina or something like that and south of that it was the um, Arabia so if you ask people then Jews are in Palestina because it was it was Judea and Arabs are from obviously Arabia now what happened is with time you know after uh, the the Byzantine Empire took over the Eastern Roman Empire, ruled that place, and then Islam came and took it over. And obviously both those, those religions, Christianity and Islam, are uh, influenced, if you want, by Judaism. And the percentage doesn't really, it's not important right now. And they decided that, well, Jesus walked in the Via Dolorosa, then this is now going to be a Jewish, uh, uh, a Christian uh, holy place. Or the church that, that uh, what's her name? Queen Helena, I think, built the church on the tombstone of, of Jesus. That's what she said. Then it, was, it becomes the, the tombstone church or something like that. Came the Muslims says, okay, this is the holiest place of the Jews, the Temple Mount. Well, it is now ours, and we're going to build a mosque, because that's what we do everywhere we conquer. If you don't believe me, look at the beautiful place that used to be Hagia Sophia in Turkey, in Istanbul. That is one of the most impressive uh, Christian churches that is now a mosque. I mean, it was still a mosque for the past, I don't know, hundreds of years. But after you killed all the, the, the monks and the, and the pastors and all that, you see a beautiful building. It says, well, well this is going to be a mosque. All we need is to build a tower, a few towers, minarets, and we're going to make this a mosque. And this is what they do. If you look at the... In, in Israel, in Hebron, we have the place where, according to tradition, the Jewish found founders, the three fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
are buried in Hebron. That used to be a Byzantine church on that place. Came the Muslims. Oh, we are willing now. We're going to adopt that because obviously Judaism is false. Obviously, Christians is, Christianity is false. And only Islam is the real with our new book, first edition. At uh, at uh, year seven uh, six hundred something fifty two I believe. So we're gonna change everything. And if you don't, if you're disagreeing with us, either flee or die. And that took about fourteen hundred years of the certain um, certain uh, caliphates, certain uh, uh, Islamic regimes. You have the Umayyah, the Fatimians, all those. And then later on, the, obviously, the Turks, the Ottoman Empire, who ruled that place, which, which, which was uh, not important at all. The center of the government of so-called Palestine, or Asham, because they, for the Turks, for the Ottoman, they don't really care about the so-called Palestina. They have their own name. And um, the center was in a place called Ramle, not so far from Ramallah. So Jerusalem was not important. Yes, there was a mosque. Yes, there was a beautiful mosque with the with the golden, uh, uh, how you call that? The mosque, the golden mosque with, uh, with the golden roof. Very nice piece of architecture, very nice piece of Islamic uh art. But it's not important. The only reason why Jerusalem is important historically is because a few years after uh, Muhammad uh, passed away, his descendant had, had uh, uh, a disagreement which you always saw solved by the sword, obviously. But in Islam, in Islamic law, the, the great deed is to, to, to go and to, be, to do a pilgrimage to where? To Mecca, to the Black Stone. And you go seven times and all this stuff that they're doing there. But the king or the ruler of the Islamic world sat in Damascus. And he got into an argument with the people of Mecca. And he doesn't want people to go to Mecca because they are his political opponents and it's a very big rival over there. So he said, well, let's see. We're going to replace Mecca with Jerusalem. Because in the beginning, when Muhammad wrote his stuff, um, what he says is, we all need to pray, to pray towards Jerusalem. He was obviously very influenced by the Jewish people of the Arabian Peninsula, which were all slaughtered by him later. And he was trying to convince them to join him because he's uh, what they consider prophet. And obviously the Jews refused. And therefore he says, from now on, no more to Jerusalem. We're going to go and, and bow to Mecca, to the Black Stone. So a few years later, the Jerusalem uh, surfaced as alternative place. So basically it's all politics. It's not about justice. It's not, it's not about... They have no saying. They conquered that place. In my opinion, as a Jew, there is no way to coexist. And we can all coexist in the world. Every nation should have its own territory. Muslim, Mecca, Medina, go crazy with the oil. European uh, Christians go crazy with the Vatican and all the other places. Leave Jerusalem alone. This belongs to the Jewish people. The, Jew the Jews who follow the Jewish tradition. Not Jews by name or because they eat Jewish food. Which is not, nothing like that it exists. So, just to summarize this topic. We don't need... Uh, the acknowledgement of anybody that Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people. Actually, it's not even belongs to the Jewish people. It belongs to the Almighty. And he gave it, as we read in the Bible, to the Jewish people. The same way he gave the Arabian Peninsula to the Arabs, he got the oil, he gave, he gave the, the black people Africa, he gave the white people Norwegian, Norwe all those Europe, okay? The Chinese got China. So, Jews got that promised land. And with that, there is nothing to debate, there is nothing to argue, nothing to coexist. Everybody should 
be happy with what the Almighty gave to him. And with that, we're going to take another quick break, listening to uh, The Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hananiah Cohen, here on citycareradio.org. to another segment of the Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, here on ctkradio.org. So we talked about Jerusalem. Obviously, there is more to talk about the development of the monotheistic religions. Now, this is, we can have a whole, you know, day and night and many, many lectures about that. And obviously, disagreement. But I want to move on to another topic that uh, was lately came to become, became very, very... Uh, popular if you want unfortunately or people are more aware and i'm talking about all the mis misconduct uh, sexual harassment sexual abuse all that stuff it's getting momentum people women are talking about that they are like this congress member and that congress member i wanted i want to give you my uh my point of view and and I'm pretty much sure we're going to have some disagreement, but hey, it's good. If I can convince you, or if you can convince me, send an email. Okay? It's on our website. You can find it out. And let me know what you think. So here's, this is what I think I think about it. First of all, let's, let's have like a baseline. Nobody have the power, the authority, the permission to abuse another human being male female black white kids adult no nothing and that's that goes for sexual abuse for slavery for everything everybody was created in the image of god and god created everybody equally maybe a different mission okay everybody have their own different mission in life but it doesn't mean that someone is better than other or and definitely not have the permission or the right to abuse another human. So I want to make this as the our ground base. Let's take it from there. What happened? I would say 60, 70 years maybe since the well, even more, maybe 100 years. As we are seeing. Uh, that the power of of morals and values is this is decreasing and i'm talking mostly about the things that are based on the bible obviously or based on some kind of understanding of what god what the almighty wants us to be right we see since the beginning of the industrial revolution science scientific revolution we see that the place or the space for god in this world in the western civilization is diminished more and more and more and more. The more we understand physics, chemistry, the less, supposedly, faith we have. We can now understand why this happened and that happened. It's all, all by nature. And we are pushing, okay, I wouldn't say we, the Western civilization is pushing God away. And if you look at it from that perspective, if once you push God away, well, then... It's anarchy. You have the power, do whatever you want. And look what happened. We have the feminist movement. It become crazier and crazier. And I will ex I will explain everything what I mean by that. You have the abortions. You have so there is no really a, a authority that can tell yes or no truth or false right or wrong it's how you feel it's how what you think do you have the right over your body okay so if i'm strongful enough strong enough i can have the power over your body 
I can take advantage. What's the difference between somebody that you know is in the womb or somebody outside? Outside. You are. You have the power to decide over your body. I have to. I have the power to decide over your body as well. Now, obviously, it's it's wrong. It's wrongdoing. It's not supposed to be that way. But look at what happened. Look, we have we have culture, and I'm talking only about the the Western civilization, Europe, Western Europe and America. Because in the Middle East, it's totally different. Even if they think that, and you look at the women's rights situation over there, they are wrapping it with some kind of uh, spiritual explanation or, or with... Uh, it's out of respect to the women, we don't let other people see her face, etc., etc., that type of argument. And that was the argument since, you know, many, many years ago in the Far East, in the Middle East, even in Europe, uh, that that women are sacred and therefore they should be kept. Right? You don't send women to fight at the war. If you do, that means you're a weak man. Okay? We now have the opposite, the opposite agenda. And we have, oh, well, if I want to be a prostitute, it is my decision as a woman. As a... We don't encourage that type of stuff. We don't encourage abortion. We don't encourage prostitution. We don't encourage, um, you know, people, I will say it gently, uh, people who are trying to be actress in the worst movies. And I'm talking about the movies that usually men watch online or, or whatever. So the woman became what? She beca- the woman became an object, and if she's an object, it's much easier to take it from there. Obviously, if you look at if you're living in that society that that objectifies women, look at the billboards. You want to you want to sell a cell phone? Put a pretty face next to it. Hopefully, a naked one. Then the the message will sink because sex sell. Also, fears. Fear is selling. But let's focus on the sex for a second. You want to sell what? You want to sell a car? Put a beautiful uh, woman that I don't think it will ever go and do shopping, but okay, we'll, we'll go with you in this commercial. And she likes to drive and do shopping, okay, in this beautiful SUV. So we created, no, we. The Western civilization created a culture that objectified women as something you used to sell stuff. And obviously, if you look at the industry I mentioned before, where it's all fake and so-called acting, then you have, well, obviously, and this is very strong in the Middle East, she cannot, that's what she really, really wants. She wants a man to grope her, to touch her, to, and she doesn't have a say because, I mean, I saw it on TV. It's got to be true. Right? I saw the movie. So when you don't you can you cannot distinguish between right and wrong and you encourage that that, that type of uh of culture it's a cultural thing you cannot go with this fake rage how could he do that why he put his hands on where wherever why because the culture encouraged him to do so he has nothing to lose i mean how, how could she say no I'm a man. And we know, based on all the movies, the books, the culture, the commercial, that that's what women's, women want. So, I tried my luck. See, there is no morals, there is no values, there is no, there is no respect. And it's not because women are, are uh, inferior or all that stuff. On the other hand, you have women who get into position through, you know, going from bed to bed. And using their sexuality to get what they want, right? We all know that there is this term. Uh, uh, how you call that? Forgot the term. Sugar daddy, right? I was never. I never knew what it. I think I came to America and I saw all this stuff. Yeah, I look good. He's like you see, twenty-one years old, beautiful girl with seventy years old man. He says, "What's going on?" Oh, it's pure love. Yeah, right. So the culture encouraged both sides to use sex to achieve their goals. 
Now, if you tell somebody, look, as a Congress member, if you do so-and-so, you will be the head of staff, you will get a salary, whatever. Where's the morals and values? You had all these sexual affairs that become very normal. When a man goes with some lady that is not his wife, actually she might even be married to another guy, maybe a colleague. But she looks hot, she looks great, she's dressed to kill, she's look at him in this way, try to get something. So you use sex as, as a mean to get something. Or the sex is the goal of whatever. So what you see is people who are very smart, obviously, uh, very talented, but they don't have, they never worked on their, on their, you know, controlling their desires. Men and women. This goes both ways. If you live in a culture when there is no right or wrong, it's all relatively, in my opinion, right? According to the culture we live in, then who says what you're doing is wrong? This is, this is acceptable behavior. Especially when you took God out of the picture. Because you're so advanced and, and, and a great atheist and great, you know the best, you know better than God what's right and wrong, right? You have, look, look at what happened in Hollywood. All those great, so-called great actors and, you know, the head of the industry. All pro-choice. Think about it. And there are many of them, as we learn every day, are into that kind of abuse. Well, obviously, if you abuse somebody and you rape her, you don't want to have her pregnant. And if she does, let's kill and get rid of that stuff. So it's all connected to a big, big hypocrisy, lack of morals and values, and obviously there, there is no spiritual guidance and taking responsibility over your action. So, just think about it. Men and women. And I'm not here to blame anybody. I'm just here to give you another, maybe, a different angle to look at that stuff. Let's take another quick break. And we come back. You're listening to uh, Rabbi Hanania Cohen. There will be me here on citykradio.org. We're back to the last segment of the day. You're listening to Rabbi Hanania Cohen here on citycareradio.org. Our program is The Jewish View. Now, in a few weeks, actually in two weeks, we're going to celebrate, the Jewish people are going to celebrate Hanukkah. The Christians are going to celebrate Christmas, right? And, I don't know, Muslims are going to celebrate that they didn't blow up something, something like that. Who knows? Um, I want to speak about Hanukkah for a second. It's been, you know, with the whole holiday season. I Now, I have no problem with people telling me, you know, Merry Christmas. I'm not offended. I, uh, I Go ahead, you know, enjoy yourself. In Europe, Christmas was uh, the time of the season, the holiday season where Jewish people were, it was their hiding season. Hiding. Why? Because what do they do in Europe back then? Uh, it's Christmas. Let's go kill those who killed the Messiah. So it was a time where a lot of pogroms, a lot of uh, persecution, uh, a lot of, uh, how you call that? Uh, remember that? There, probably there is a term which just uh, just forgot. Blaming the Jews using uh, Christian blood for the baking or all kind of sacrifices. Basically, pure garbage propaganda anti-Semitism. So in America right now, when where there is no, thank God, no persecution. I mean, there is anti-Semitism, don't get me wrong, because stupidity doesn't really uh, consider, you know, borders or even different continents. So 
but it's much better than Europe. Let's put, let's make this clear. We don't see, you know, the mayor and the priest going into the street of the Jews and say, burn the Jews or kill the Jews or something like that. So that's a great benefit to live in America. And I think that is one of the reasons, from a spiritual point of view, that America is so prosperous and succeeding. Okay? Well, they took this part of Europe culture away. Now, saying that, I want to uh, talk a little bit on what is the real, as a Jew, what is the real meaning of Hanukkah? Let me tell you what it is not first. It's not giving gifts. It's not having a menorah next to a bush and all that misconception or desire to be normal like the Christians. No. Christians have their own holidays. Obviously, Christians made this country. It's very heavily heavily uh, uh, Christian-based. And I have no problem with that, as long you know, as I said, it's not interfering with my existence. So I, that's why I have no problem with Merry Christmas. Go ahead. But it doesn't mean that as a Jew I need to feel comfortable or I need to be mimicking the mainstream Christian agenda. Just because they give, you guys give presents in Christmas, right? In the socks, Santa coming from the chimney, all that stuff. See, I saw the movies. Um, doesn't mean that we Jews need to do the same. Hanukkah is a different, different holiday. Obviously, it doesn't mention in the, in the Torah, in the Bible, because it was later. And we're talking about the time where after Alexander the Great took over the land of Israel, all the way to the to Persia and Egypt and Syria, right? After he passed away, age 33 years old, the generals decided to uh, to divide the territory, and you had the southern part, you had the northern part. So the northern Greeks took over the land of Israel. Obviously very pagan. And they decided that the natives should be more advanced and should abandon their own religion, Judaism in our case. And therefore, they came up with all kinds of a decrees and uh, new laws, right? The word law become like holy. It's the law. No. You can make up law if you don't have God. And they can with few things. One, don't do uh, circumcisions anymore. Don't keep Shabbat. Don't keep the Sabbath. And a few other things. Now, those two are the main, main ones. And that started a rebellion. And the rebellion, I'm very proud to say, started from my tribe, the priests. We actually put the temple work aside. We took the sword. And we started... Uh, uh, rebellion against the Greek empire that ruled that part of the world. And guess what? Many miracles, obviously we were not trained as the flanks, as the Greek soldiers, and we won. Because that's what the Almighty wanted. And we got autonomy for 200 years where we can walk in the temple, we can do our own thing, we don't have to bow to uh, statues of the emperor or his gods, any of that stuff. So this is what Hanukkah is all about. Hanukkah is all about... It, it, it's about when... You, take, you have to take responsibility. You don't just put your head down and you mix intermarriage and all that stuff. Because we had Jews back then and still we have them till today. That they're so ashamed of their Judaism they are so ashamed of their culture that they always look on the, at the grass of, at, at their neighbor's yard. Okay, wow, this is so cool. This they have. I mean, you see, you see, uh, you know, Jews going to be Buddhist in the sixties. It was like booming. Dude, you have your own religion. Okay, so you don't like certain rabbis. You don't like. You don't feel connected. Dig, search, learn. This is your culture. This is your religion. This is where you belong. No, I'm going to go to a temple in the Far East, eat rice, 
and uh, meditate and try to become Buddha. And Buddha, as we all know, it means what? It means the awakened one, right? That word Buddha in Sanskrit means what? It means to be awake. You don't live your life in the mainstream, chasing uh, money, chasing women, chasing parties, or any of that stuff. The, the earthly desires, if you want. So in Hanukkah, we are reminding ourselves that we light the candles. Okay, you start, what, what's the one candle? It's nothing. It's very tiny light. Okay, so one, and then another one, and then another one. Eventually you have, you have something. So you don't give up, and you don't, you, you stop the influence of other religions on your religion. And it's totally normal to have influence. For example, if you look at synagogues in Germany, they are built in a form of cathedrals in Germany. So obviously they were influenced. Okay? Um, so every culture is sometimes influencing other culture. But the idea is to get the good part of that culture. You don't have to adopt everything. If that culture is anti-religion, atheist, uh, ideology, you don't say, wow, this is so cool. I believe in science now. Or I believe in, uh, in the flying spaghetti monster. Or any of that craziness. If you are a Jew, you have the obligation to be a Jew. If you are a non-Jew, you don't have the obligation to be a Jew. You have the obligation, according to Judaism, to be the best human being you can be. And be and believe in the Almighty and keep the basics. Be a good neighbor, a good husband, a good, a good wife, etc., 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 and develop the world. Don't go and into a, a, a crusade and force people to join you. If not, you're going to kill them. That happened in Europe. Many, many Jews were slaughtered during the, those days of the crusades. On the other hand, if you look at the Middle at the Middle East, you have our, if you want, neighbors, cousins, the Arabs, the Muslims. You don't have to become Muslim to be a monotheistic believer. Okay? And you don't have the authority to go and say, well, if you don't follow my branch of Islam, we're going to kill everybody we can. Like I said, if Allah told you that, I want to see that written and signed. Other than that, it's just pure human evil, if you want. It's it's the wrong thing to do. I don't recall. I mean, there was, in the Bible it mentioned, I think, once, that the king of Judea forced non-Jews to convert. And nobody was happy with that. But... The point I'm making going to Hanukkah is, yes, there are, Jews, there are Jews who are upset that President Trump is moving the embassy, so-called, to Jerusalem. They're upset. Why? Because it's reminding them, in my opinion, where they belong. They don't want to belong there. They want to be citizens of the world, advanced, progressive, etc., etc., etc. Not to belong to a persecuted nation that needs to bring light to the world. And this is basically the Jewish mission. Everybody who can help us achieve that mission, well, I, I would assume will be highly rewarded by the Almighty. And that's even including America. America will become even more prosperous and, and, and rich because they are doing the right thing. So this is, this is Hanukkah. Hanukkah is take responsibility. Remember where you belong. And if you need to fight, you fight. There is no point of living life when you don't have a, a goal for your life. Just to what? To eat, drink. There's no point. And if you don't have anything worth dying for, you don't have anything worth living for. And with that, we're going to conclude our uh, program for today. Thank you for listening to The Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, here on ctkradio.org. <music>